coming up with the dumbest, weirdest ideas, trying to find little things in life that make the journey just a little bit lighter. Is it gonna change everything? I say yes. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Mental Game of Musical Theater. I'm your host, David Eggers. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to part two of my chat with Gavin Creel from the summer of 2021. We had such a great time talking, it was too much for one episode. So thanks for sticking with us, and now here's part two. I had to do this work, and it took a pandemic to get me to do it. And it and has taken a pandemic to get me to do it and to accept it. I had the distraction of external reward, right? Hmm. And then me trying to chase that tin rabbit. You know the tin rabbit that they send out before the greyhounds? My, my uncle said, you've been chasing the tin rabbit. And it's, you're running after this rabbit. You're never going to catch it. And if on the off chance that something malfunctions and you catch it, it's tin. It's not, gonna, it's not, it's not made of anything to sustain you. I just hmm. That really stuck with me. I was chasing the tin rabbit for so long, trying to get the next thing that would satisfy this fame monster inside me, to use hmm. Gaga, you know? <laughs> like, it, it was, if I'm honest with myself, and it was me trying to get that external validation and never really getting satisfied by it. Yeah. And realizing it's me I have to look at, and it was too hard, so then I just start behaving a certain way or trying to fill it with other things. I am averse to pain as we all are, but in the way that like when something bad happens, I have in historically been a person who just wants to, I want to, I want to fix it. Let's fix it so it can be good again. And that's not fair to little Gavin. <laughs> that's <laughs> not fair to life. Sometimes it just hurts and you have to let it hurt. And I'm, mm. I'm a baby as far as that goes. I'm a toddler learning <laughs> that lesson now. And you are not because maybe you didn't have the tin rabbit you were chasing. So you had to deal with, I don't think this makes me happy. I don't know if this, I'm satisfied. And I came to that about 35. I remember turning 35 and going, do I even like doing this? I've been hmm. doing it for 15 years now since I got my equity card. Do I like this? Is this it's fun, sure, but it just feels, now it's starting to feel like a bunch of distractions. Shows feel like distractions. Okay, what am I distracting myself from? What is it? And it's me. <laughs> it's me that I'm not dealing with. And I'm, I don't know, I'm flailing at the moment, but I'm trying to figure out how to deal with me now. That's awesome. I don't yeah. think you're fla flailing at all. I think you're doing... Oh, the important but work. <laughs> but isn't that where we grow? I mean, we talked that, about that, that earlier, is life. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm writing a piece about this very thing now. It's about a million things, but it's it's basically about trying to find a voice and trying to find a way to validate, find myself within this industry, within the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I got a commission from the MetLife wow. Art Series. Yeah, and, and I was supposed to do it in June of 2020 and obviously got canceled and I'm so grateful that it did because it was the one thing that gave me purpose during this intensely sad and painful and purposeless time. Mm. And I was not always productive. I was like screaming in my house by myself, just like, I can't do this. I can't live this life. Mm. And then sitting in it and just going, this is miserable. I hate this. And I started talking about it. 
And I never talked about, I was never, no, don't say bad. Don't they say things are bad. Don't say things are hard. You want to always keep people happy. You always want to make happy things. You're in musical theater. It should be happy. And I'm like, it's exhausting. I'm make, trying to address this and these ideas and about like, who am I? And what is my purpose? What am I supposed to be saying? What is, what is any of this really about? Hmm. Not life in the macro sense, which obviously asked that question, but Broadway and mm -hmm. performing and okay, you graduated college. Now what? <laughs> and I wasn't ready to ask these questions. I was only headed. I was like a house on fire, like a train out of the station. It's literally a song called the journey. And this is the Amtrak dropped me off one summer evening. The year was 98. Then I booked a little touring gig and left to see what makes this big world great. <laughs> but out there on my own, I was dreaming through my day doing fame, but feeling lame, my soul <laughs> slipping away. I knew that I had something deep within I had to say, so I quit, said that's it, because now I have to find a place to clean my slate. And the chorus goes, I want to run to the Joshua tree. I want to slip on a mountain, drink the fountain of youth. I want to swim to New Delhi, to Bali, to rub the Buddha belly, to find eternal truth. I want to make a Manhattan in Queens. I want to tan in Havana or the Isles of Greece. I want to rock Costa Rica, to blink at a sunny Mozambique, to find my eternal peace. Wow. And actually, I want peace, but all I'm doing is I want stuff. I want things. I want experiences. And so I'm like, that's the naive version of a 25-year-old who want. you say you want peace, but what you're actually doing is grabbing for the external. Yeah. That's powerful. So a second ago, you talked about how at 35, you reached this moment when you were questioning, do you really want to be doing this? And But you obviously have, you kept doing it. So did you find an answer that sustained you? Were you given more opportunities that were just too hard to resist or musical theater still in your heart? What compelled you to keep moving forward as you were looking for those answers? I want to back up five years because when I was 30, I was burnt out. Hmm. And I was auditioning for Mary Poppins and I didn't get the Broadway company. And then they offered me the London company. And I said, I'll go there. And then I think that'll be my last one because I, I, I'm not happy or enjoying this anymore. And I sort of got my love back doing it over there. I got out of New York City. I got away from Broadway and the race of it all. I got away from people. I sort of went off the radar because nobody thinks about you when you go away from this business. Um, and it was nice. I, I looked around and I saw, oh, this is huge thriving industry here that doesn't give a crap about what's going on in those 10 block radius in New York where we get sort of self-obsessed over there. Yeah. And... And then I sort of really loved leading a company and playing that part and getting to do stuff that I'd never done before and tap dancing and dancing and singing and the accent and living in a strange new land that is my second home now. I've done four shows there. Amazing. I sort of had a, a new rebirth and a, a reinvigoration mm -hmm. for, for musical theater. And then five years later, it's like I'm 35, I turned 35, and I thought the thing that I remember saying when I turned 35 was, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like literally, I don't know what I'm doing anymore, hmm. professionally or personally. I was just, and I felt a weight lift off of me when I said it, when I was able to just go, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Fear had no power in that statement. You know what I mean? And then it was like, God, I, I pray and I believe in God. I don't believe in like pews and Bibles, God. I believe in like spiritual God and God is in everything. He's in that red maple I can see in this beautiful day and this conversation and theater and hyacinths and straw hats and farts and all of it. He's in every, he's in everything. And I say he just because that's, you know, 
she, they, anything. Right. But God's hand writes this better than anything I could. Hmm. And in the moment I'm thinking of when you say 35, I got a call to audition for the national tour of Book of Mormon. And I turned it down because I was like, I don't want to go on a national tour. I don't want to re- like technically replace my friend who was genius. And I could never do what he just did. Andrew Randall's originating that role. And it just felt too big. And it also wasn't something I thought I was interested in. I was like, I'm not interested in that. The contract became impossible to turn down. Hmm. So I said yes. And what I found after that, David, I was like, all right, whatever. I don't know. I'll do the best I can. I'll go on a national tour. I'll get forgotten again. I'll li- I just made another record and now I'm about to leave town again and not be able to sell it. I went on that road and I learned about comedy. I learned that I could be funny. I learned how to play an audience in that way. I learned from Casey Nicola and from Trey and Matt and Bobby. And I learned from the cast, Jared and all the different people I got to meet, my buddy Gray Henson, and just the amazing people I got to work with. Kimberly Marable I got to meet, who is like one of the most inspiring people I know who runs Broadway Serves, and um, Doug Lyons I met on there, and he's now a huge musical theater writer. Just reminded me again, oh, I was going to say no to this. The, the, The contract got me. And I then ended up having doing it for three and a half years and going to London and then going back on a tour and then doing Broadway. It almost killed me. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. Hmm. But but I, I just said, yeah, I was like, all right, fine, let's do it. And I find when I lower my shoulders and just relax into it, that that has really benefited me in my career. When you said earlier, oh, I don't know, you know, when you just kind of yeah. let go a little bit. Yeah, that's literally the last number of my show. It's all about it's all about surrender. Wow. It's literally that's what it's it's when I let myself let go of pain, of expectation, of even joy sometimes. If I hold too hard to joy, then I become I poison joy. Mm. I I make it I expect it. I need it. I need affirmation. I need to be happy. Mm. If I don't hold on to it too tightly and I just let it go, I always say, hold on tightly, let go lightly. It's like grab it and release it. Hmm. You're allowed to want it, go get it, and then, but don't hold on to it. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying. I think that will be every day until I'm gone. And that is, that is the sadness that I have to accept. The sadness that I thought I would get there someday. I always thought that I would arrive at something. And I was a person who was raised, the next step is what's the most important step. You, you need to set yourself up so that the next step is great. Hmm. If you think like that, you're never living the step you're in. Right. I was never able to really appreciate how great this moment is. Yeah. And that will always, for me, that is always going to take work and effort. And it's a, that's what meditation is really helpful for me to be able to go today, breathe and calm yourself and let this be enough. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow may be different, but tomorrow isn't here. You know, it's not, it's not real. And, and it's sad for me. I think that will all, and I have to also accept the sadness because I, it was so programmed in me that there will be a time when I get to go, ah, 
there it is. I have flashes of it, but it's ephemeral. It's just, it's gone. And that is, I believe, the truth of life. Hmm. And if you can accept that and really be you, who am I talking to? If I can accept that and really be okay with that, then I can kind of do anything. I can, fear has got no power here. Right. But that is my work every day. Wow. I love that. It does make me question some of my own methods of operation or what have you. Because Edicts or something like, yeah. like, like, eth- like morals. Please, you made me question. I was like, right, I got to clarify because I say risk plus reward equals confidence. And you're like, yeah, but that's very external. Like, you're right. It is external. But the internal is important too. It's like I'm learning from you in this mm. right now. It's mm. like, oh, right, right. We learn from so, each other. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're getting really sort of, I don't know, heady, but it's Ooh, a, it's, get on. I love heady. it's a so weird uh, juxtaposition. I don't know what else to call it, but the idea that we have, you know, we want, we work really hard to be in the now, to appreciate what's happening right now. But yet we also are wanting to become the next better version of myself. Sometimes those two things feel at odds with each other. How do we do that? Hey, this is David popping in here to let you know I'm also working on a book all about the mental game of musical theater, and I'd love for you to check it out. Head over to profeggers.com. That's P-R-O-F-E-G-G-E-R-S.com for information and to be one of the first to get your hands on this book. It's going to help you as you prepare for, pursue, and build your career in musical theater. I appreciate you checking it out, and I appreciate you being here. So let's get back to the episode. How do we how do we let ourselves be in the moment? And for me, I think something that's really helped me is letting myself be in the negative thoughts, in the painful thoughts, not negativity, but the thoughts that aren't necessarily rosy, peachy, wonderful lifetime thoughts. Because when I run away from them, what is that great saying? What you resist persists. Mm-hmm. And there is no escaping those things, those big things. And if there is a practice, I'm such a novice at this, but I've been doing it for a while, almost a year and a half now, every day. And the practice of meditation, for example, is just 20 minutes. My noisy brain is constantly moving through those. I'm sure I should be taking from a meditation teacher and getting better at it, but I resist that because I feel like that's my perfectionist mind trying to push in there and go, you're not that good at meditation. I'm like, screw that. That's literally not what meditation's about. That's right. So when you have time to take that class or yeah, be interested, be curious, Gavin. That's something, don't back away from it because you don't want to do the work. Be curious and go forward and go, none of this needs to, I don't have to change anything about my practice. I think it's having a practice. Yeah, you're showing up for that. Exactly. That 20 minutes is mine. And I know how to, if you had said to me, Gavin, you're going to be able to sit still in silence for 20 minutes. I'd have been like, absolutely not. (laughs) I can't sit still for five minutes. Um, And I can now, and I have seen it affect my life in, in, in immeasurable ways, including having the courage to persist on this creative journey with the show at the Met. And my dreaming, I have a dream for this piece I want to do this at Circle in the Square or the Booth Theater or some great little small house eventually. I want to, I want to perform this. It's like a, I call it a concert goal, like a musical and our concert had a baby. It'll look and feel like a concert. 
but it will hopefully make you feel like you took a journey with me over the awesome. course of the evening. And I wouldn't have had the courage to persist if it weren't for a practice that gave me the space to do that. And is it a perfect practice? No. And it would never will be. And I don't want it to be. I want it. To, I want it to be a mess. I want to be a, I want to be a blissful mess. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. That. Well, you uh, answered w- one of my questions, which is, you know, what what's one of your go-to tools to kind of get in the right headspace? And it sounds like you've made friends mm. with meditation. Headspace. Headspace. <laughs> I started with Headspace. <laughs> you did? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. that was not an intentional plug for Headspace. No, it's, it, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll plug it. Andy on Headspace, I have such a crush on him. Just his <laughs> voice. He's really handsome, but his voice, you're just like, oh, God, you make everything better. <laughs> I um, love it. But I started there and then I sort of evolved away from it and tried to do my own practice and read a few books and just evolving with what worked for me and helped me get into that. Yeah. That's very helpful. My writing is really helpful. Mm-hmm. I've been messing around on GarageBand. I love doing vocal arrangements. I love doing vocal arrangements cool. and background vocals. And I'm re- at the moment, I'm recording a bunch of demos so I can put them together for my band so they can start prepping for... We're doing an out-of-town tryout, and then we're going to get together again in the fall before. So awesome. just, just just staying creative, yeah. having creative outlets. Um, the best thing about the artist way, I do the morning pages every day. I do three pages every day. But the best thing about it besides the morning pages is the permission to be silly. To to th- because I was talking about this with my sister this morning. When the world is heavy, and it's hard, and and it seems to get harder as we age, when actually I think we were just in um, ig- living in ignorance for the long time, and it was always it's always challenging. It's always a bit unfair, and it felt sad to me to accept that. But when it's heavy, it's really easy to think that nothing, the little things, won't they don't make it. They don't matter, Gavin. The little things, the tiny things. That's not going to make me not depressed. That's not going to help. And I understand that pain. I understand why it feels like they won't. And if they don't feel authentic to you today, then don't do them. Don't do it. But I do, what I got from the artist's way, was so grateful for, is that those little things, like buying a bunch of fashion magazines, men's fashion magazines, and interior design magazines and um, food magazines and collaging, Mm -hmm. cutting things out. I love rubber cement, the smell of rubber cement and collaging. Um, How fun. Getting a box of wigs, buying a bunch (laughs) of wigs and making FaceTime calls to your friends in wigs. (laughs) Um, Like going, coming up with the dumbest, weirdest ideas, learning how to... um, to care for a bonsai tree, learning mm. how to trim um, hydrangea bushes, which is what I've been thinking about. Like I've got so many blooms on my hydrangeas and I'm so proud. That's because I read a little bit about it. I hate reading. I'm so terrible, but I read a little <laughs> bit because my mind is going a million miles a minute. But trying to find little things in life that make the journey just a little bit lighter. Mm. Because yes, is it going to change everything? I say yes. <laughs> Trimming a hydrangea bush correctly or, or getting some flowers and putting them in isn't going to fix world hunger. But if you are able to make your day just a little bit 
brighter and have something that little tiny joys. Yeah. You know, I call them tiny victories. If you give yourself just tiny victories during the day and you amass a bunch of tiny victories, then the big things like walking into that audition room. That's right. Or or weathering that call. I'm sorry, Gavin, it's not going your way. They become because you've been practicing tiny victories. If you're not practicing tiny victories, those calls, those breakups, those losses, those death, those big, big, big things that seem insurmountable are coming for you, for me, for all of us. Mm-hmm. If I don't have a practice in place for me to be able to weather those things, it uh, you'll get through it, but it makes it makes it a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, and, and that has been really helpful for me yeah. in this very difficult business that is, that is very challenging. All of those small, seemingly insignificant things, they accumulate. And what you're able to do within yourself and in your corner of the world will then also not just do the wonderful thing of preparing you for the inevitable ups and downs of life, but it will also enable you to make impact outside of your corner of the world, you know, outside of your house, outside of you, you know, when you, when you're able to accumulate those things inside of yourself, I I think that they do become significant. Imagine Gavin going to just leaving the, the place where we're at right now and going to the corner market or the store or whatever, and Mm -hmm. having all of that all of those small, beautiful things having accumulated inside of him. I'm going to tell you what it does. Exactly. Exactly, David. That this conversation is one of those. This is a tiny victory for me. It's a big victory because of this connection, this, this conversation. I love conversations like this. I love talking about what's hard, what's easy in ways that before the pandemic, I was not as good at. And I'm getting so much better at being able to talk about these things and hold space but what it does when I go down to the deli at the bottom of the hill is I look at Emma, the woman behind the counter, and I ask her how her day is, or I engage her because I am in a little better mood because of the conversation you and I have had, right? It's, that's what you're yeah. talking about. And that ripple, she may not even notice it, but something will make her a little bit lighter. Yeah. And something will, that smile or that thing, it's happened to me mm-hmm. where I see somebody just look across and smile and I'm like, boom, that was, that was nice. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's where, I mean, I talk about, you know, personal things in that way where you just, you just lift yourself a little higher. We just focus, our brain wants to go to the negative a lot more and where it pulls us down, it's yin and yang. Like our, our, our lives, I think are balanced and what's coming for us is coming for us. And it's not, it doesn't have a heartbeat or an opinion. It's not evil, but it is coming for us. And when it's here, if we can arm ourselves with the practices to be able to handle them, we'll be better mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. Oh. But they change each day. Those things change. <laughs> it's true. We got kind of heavy there for a minute. Yeah. When we talk, let's talk about show business. Show business, show business. <laughs> let's do this. Let's go to um, the final lightning round of questions. Oh my gosh. I love lightning. Because <laughs> you know those are going to be silly and lighthearted. Right. I love it. Um, okay. All right. So I've got five of them. Okay. Um, okay. One of them you've probably heard a dozen times. And so forgive me for being so uh, 
basic. But let's start with um, the first one. The first one is uh, we talked a little bit about reading. What was the last play or book that you read? Reading's very challenging. Yeah, you just mentioned that. I didn't know that because of the concentration yeah, always or the focus. Me. Yeah, my brain. It's hard for yeah. I have a real hard time focusing. Mm. I always have. I remember reading Ivanhoe in ninth oh, well, grade. That's, that's huge. I know, I know. But I remember <laughs> that would do any of us. So, I remember like almost in tears, sitting in my dining room, leaning against the wall, reading the same paragraph over and over again, and being angry at my brain. Oh. I was so oh. angry with my brain. Oh, I know what it is. My gosh. And I've read it like seven times. It's not, it's hilarious for somebody who says he doesn't like to read because you'll look at it and you go, this isn't a book, but it's an amazing book called Inward by Young Pueblo. Okay. And it's, it's, I have like six copies and they are next to every place I sleep or stop to think, toilet, everything. It's this young writer. Actually, don't know if he's young. It's his name is Y-U-N-G. <laughs> um, it's a pseudonym. His name, Diego Perez, I think is, is his actual name. But it's the it's a basically a devotional wow. book. It talks about going inward. One page will have a sentence. The next page will have a paragraph. The next page will have a three-line poem. But it's div- divided into sections. It's an incredible book. And he just came out with a new one called Clarity and Connection, which is equally incredible. And they're, it's just like you can pick it up. I read it before I go to bed every night and I just read like it until my, my eyes get tired and then I fold over the page and I pick up there the next night and they're just page by page, just things. I love it. One of them is I held fear by the hand. I acknowledged his existence and then I thanked him for reminding me that my happiness does not live within his walls. It really, um, I can't, inward, inward. Awesome. I'm going to check it out. Um, yeah, check it what out. was the last musical that you listened to? I'm assuming you've listened to musicals. Oh, Strange Loop. Ah, oh. Strange Loop blew my cool. mind. Blew my mind. Yeah. David, just press play and go for an hour long walk or an hour and a half. Just, just wa- listen to it start to finish. I was like, oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. do you watch TV? You do. Yes. What uh, what shows, show or shows are you currently hooked on? Um, Top Chef. Fun. For sure. I just watched all of Hacks with Gene Smart and it's Same. genius. Oh my Loved gosh. It. She is a marvel. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this, but I'm going to be on the first two episodes of American Horror Stories, the new <sighs> spinoff on Hulu. FX for Hulu is on Hulu. That's so exciting. Congrats. I got, I got to work with Matt Bomer, Sierra McCormick, um, Paris Jackson, Kaya wow. Gerber. Uh, who else? Aaron, Aaron Tveit. I don't know if I'm supposed to say all these names, but yeah, it's amazing. I, it, I, I have no, I have no idea what it's going to be like, but it's, it's insane. Wow. So, I love that. Yeah. Um, favorite yeah. snack food. Potato chips, potato chips, all day long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, chip, uh, chips and guac are my is my island food, but a bag of potato chips. There you go. Oh my god. Okay, right. now the really basic question, and I'm almost yes. embarrassed to ask it, but I find it fascinating, and, and because I really want to know if you could play any role on stage, what would it be? Um, I want to do something new, so. The first answer is 
this show I'm writing. I want to, I want to play this part. I want to play Gavin Creel on stage in this show. That's the answer. Awesome. Yeah. And if I've done enough revivals, so I want to do something new. That's, that's my answer. But if I had to do a revival, I wanted to play Harold Hill. Ah, you know, but, um, yeah, you'd be a great Harold Hill. Are you on social media? If people want to follow you? No, but I have a website and my friend Kayla Kuzbel is on it and she's, very amazing and helps keep that updated. That's great. Um, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not on social media. Okay, but if you're updating your website, then people will know where they can watch for your upcoming appearances, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. What else? What else? What else? What else? What else? What else? That's it. That's it. I'm just now. What? Just that's all. Yes. Okay. Uh, Gavin, this has been amazing. I feel like I could talk to you all day. Will you? Me too maybe find more time in the future when we can reconnect again. I would love it. Like yeah. this. I just, how, are, how I, I just, I, I'm, I'm proud that I don't, I don't mean this to sound condescending at all, but I'm proud of you that you're an educator and a performer that you're, you're curious and you want to help reach. I say young people, but anybody who wants to listen to this and understand a little more, about this industry and the business and mm-hmm. art and musical theater. I, I, I just, my greatest wish with whatever I do or whatever I make and put out in the world is that people don't feel, they feel less alone when they're in my presence, that they feel like they, and, and that they feel possible, that they mm-hmm. feel like they could do something that they might be afraid that they can't. And, one of the best ways we can do that is demystifying things that we think are other than us. And you, by having this podcast, us, by having this conversation, I hope that in my comments, I'm able to communicate that all I ever want to do is tell people how things work so that they don't feel less than this is a world full of human beings, all trying to figure out how to not feel so alone. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and to have purpose and to have people to appreciate that purpose. So any way that I can help people, and, and I, I'm just so grateful that you have included me in this oh. today. Well, that is so gracious of you. I am thrilled to have you here and to connect with you in this way and around these topics and through these topics. Um, mm. And I feel like, you know, we, we were just getting started. There's so much to to well, talk about. At, at some point, I, I hope when, when things are better, I would love to come out and meet your students and oh, maybe I can do a amazing. class or something out there. That would be, be awesome. In the meantime, I'll be keeping tabs on you and uh, you. and everything that's going on with you. Thanks again, Gavin. I really appreciate it. My total pleasure. Hey, thanks for being here today. If you enjoyed this episode at all, please take a moment to leave a review with high marks. You wouldn't believe how much a positive review helps this podcast to reach more people. Then head over to profagers.com to check out my book, all about the mental game of musical theater. And lastly, no matter how you spend the rest of your day, bring enthusiasm to it. You only get this day once, and life keeps getting better and better when you bring enthusiasm to everything that you get to do. Thanks again for spending part of your day with me. Until next time, this is Prof. Eggers signing out.